Are you ready to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling author Steph Green, for the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast, where we're going to explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. I am just about to head off for Christmas with my family, which I'm very excited about. It's going to be very nice to head down to the Hawke's Bay in New Zealand, the, the sunny, very dry, probably very hot Hawke's Bay, and have Christmas with my family, and you know maybe not think about writing for a few days. But before I go, I'm going to do this episode for you. And today we are going to talk about back matter. So what is back matter? Well, we're actually going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about front matter and back matter. But back matter tends to be the more important one. So what is back matter? Back matter is all the stuff that you put in your book after you write the end. All the stuff that is not actual story. That's back matter. And then obviously front matter is the same thing. It's all the stuff in your book that's not story, but it's the stuff that's at the front of the book. Now, when you read a book, you might kind of think of back matter as, oh, it's like this extra information that I get, like this, you know, like there's like an about the author page, there might be like a dedication, all these kind of things. It's just like little extra fluff. But actually, for an indie author, back matter and front matter, these are some of the most important tools that you have in order to to generate sell-through to the next book in your series or the next book under your pen name. Now, I've kind of talked before about what sell-through is and why it's important, but, you know, in case you've missed it uh, or you've been living under a rock, we're just going to go over it briefly again. So sell-through is basically when, you know, when readers read one book and then a certain number of those readers like you so much that they then go on to read the next book. Now, indie authors, we need sell-through. Sell-through is how we make our income. And that's why we always talk about the importance of writing in series, because series have higher sell-through than individual standalone books. And the way sell-through works is that if I have a series of, say, five books, and I advertise book one, and these books are all in a series, and, and you know they, they probably all end on cliffhangers because that's me and that's what I do, this, this series, I put book one, you know, I have book one, uh, and I spend money advertising it, I can lose money on book one. I can, you know, spend $500 advertising book one, and I can make $300 on book one, and I will still make money, because a certain percentage of the people who read book one will go on and read book two, and a certain percentage of those people will go on and read book three, and book five, and if I add book seven and book eight and book ten to that series, a certain number of people are going to still be reading that series. And that is basically how we earn money. Now, with this model, obviously, makes sense that any chance that you have to improve sell-through from one book to the next is, is, you know, is a chance that you should take. And this is, I think, especially important when things that you can do to improve sell-through are like super simple. And they're the kind of thing that once you, you learn them once, you can apply them across your whole catalogue of books, and then, you know, it's a thing that you can do forever and ever, and it's always going to be in your corner, being a benefit. 
So, back matter and front matter is one of those things. So today what I'm going to talk about, just you know, really quickly, is I'm going to talk about some of the best practices for back matter. And you know, then I'm going to talk about some of the things that you might like to change up and you know why you might like to go back. So one of the activities that I've just spent the last three days, you know, three sort of to five days doing is updating the back matter and the front matter on all my entire backlist, which is 40 plus books. And it sucked, not gonna lie, totally sucked. But now that it's done, it's I can already see the benefit. I'm already getting more newsletter subscribers. The, the, the sell-through in some of my old series is already improving. It is a very good thing to do. So let's go through some of the, the things that you might like to do with your back pattern. Let's talk about the, the best practices as I see them. So for each book, each book that you have, what you want to do is you want to choose two CTAs or two calls to action. Now usually when we talk about calls to action, which is a thing that you want the person to do, so in this case it's the thing that you want a reader to do. So usually when we talk about calls to action, we only want people to do one thing. And this is because if you give the people too many things to do, then they get kind of like paralyzed by all the choices and they do none of the things. So for each book you want to choose two CTAs and the reason that we do this is simply because this is our most important real estate and we want to give two options and the reason we want to give two options is because often people may have already purchased the next book or they may not quite be ready to, to read the next book in our series now, but they still want to follow us. So there's kind of a, you know, a reader behavior thing here that supersedes the need to only have one CTA. You can, you, you know, and obviously you can experiment and see what works better for you. So I do two CTAs, but you may find that having only one works better for you and obviously if you've only got one book out you are only going to be able to have one but anyway let's just continue so two CTAs one CTA is going to be to read the next book in the series or a new book in the next series so for example if you have just written book five um, in your five book series, and that is the final book in the series, obviously you don't have a next book to point them to, in which case you try and point them to book one in a new series. And in an ideal world, book one in the new series will be like part of an interconnected world, and it might also have like a character that they met or something, and that improves sell-through. But anyway, so two CTAs. So the first one is to read the next book in the series or a new book. So the first one is to read a book. And the second one is to sign up for your author newsletter. Now, if you don't have an author newsletter, this should be some other way that people can sign up to follow you. So, you know, usually a social media. But really, 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 you should have an author newsletter. And we have discussed the importance of newsletters in previous podcasts, so I'm not going to get into that. Now, just a note on the CTA to read the next book in the series. Now, if your book is a box set, if you're, you're you know, creating the CTAs for a box set, then the next book that you 
point people to should also be a box set. And this is because um, what people have discovered is that the readers who go for box sets tend to be a different type of reader to the readers who read the individual books. And so you want those box set readers who give you their very high value readers because they buy one thing or they read through one box set and you get quite a high royalty. So you want to be continuing to kind of cater to those high royalty readers. So that's why you want to give a box set reader another box set to try. And actually one thing that I'm experimenting with at the moment, sorry this is a bit of a tangent, one thing I'm experimenting with at the moment is actually putting all my box sets of different series into a series of their own called the Stephanie Holmes Collections. And so the box sets for, for one series is, um, is you know, number one in this Stephanie Holmes collection series, box set two is number two, and that will link on Amazon and on the other platforms, it will link all the box sets together on a series page. And this means that you know readers can see them all together as a series, and it's, I'm just trying to see if it's going to improve sell-through from box set to box set. Give me more delicious, lovely box set income. So anyway, if your book is a box set, link to another box set. If your book is book one in a series, it can also be a good idea to link to the box set as well, instead of just book two in the series. Because of course, if someone buys book two or reads book two versus if they, they buy or read the box set, you are going to make more money if they on the box set. So it doesn't work so much in like book three of a four book series, um, obviously. Uh, because they've already purchased the individual books, so they're not not—they're unlikely to purchase the box set. But book one, they very possibly will. And this technique of linking to the box set from book one is especially good if you happen to do, be doing a promo on book one, as, you know, obviously it's going to improve your profit on the promo. So, that's our two CTAs. Now, your two CTAs, where should they actually go in your book? Well, they should go immediately after you write the end or to be continued. You don't want any page break. And the reason you don't want a page break is because Amazon has a, a thing, an algorithm, always algorithms, and the Amazon senses when the chapters of the book have finished and when your back matter begins. And when the book has actually finished, the chapters have finished, they're going to pop that like finish and review box. Um, and they do this usually before the reader actually gets to your back matter. So that means that in the reader's eyes, they often skip the back matter because they think the book is you know, completely finished. So I usually put the, um, the CTA to the next book first, and I just say something simple like, want to find out what happens next, um, you know, um, grab the next book now. And I always say something like, grab it now instead of buy it now. I just feel like that's a bit friendlier, and um, I because people read in Kindle Unlimited, I don't like to say buy because it um, implies that they can't get it free in Kindle Unlimited. So yes, so I just say something really simple like that, then I put my link, and then what I usually do is I say turn the page for a sizzling excerpt, and then I will add an excerpt on the next page, which is usually the first chapter or half of the first chapter. Now just a note about the URLs here. If you're going to do URLs, um, which obviously you should, in your CTAs, what you should be doing is write them out in full, so don't just put 
grab the next book here and then link that um, as the anchor text to a URL. Actually go grab the next book and then write the URL. www.http, you know, www dot whatever. And, so, and make sure that those are clickable. Now the reason that we do this is because on many e-readers, the clickable anchor text links, um, they actually, they don't work or they don't work very well or they're very hard to see. The web browsers on the e-readers are a bit shite and if you write out the URL, it actually enables users to see it, to realize that it's a URL so that they can click on it or they can copy, paste or type the URL into their phone which they usually have beside them when they're reading because that's what we all have. So it just increases the likelihood that people are going to know that it's a URL. So that's really good. Now, after that, you're going to be adding your newsletter URL. So you've done your little um, read the next book. You've said turn the page for assistant excerpt. Some people at this point will... Um, will actually put the excerpt or short excerpt and or the entire blurb into the in, into the CTA. I would definitely encourage you to experiment with this and see what seems to work better. The next thing that you can do after you have done this is you're going to be adding your CTA for your newsletter. Now you can swap these two things around if you like. There's you know there's a bit of debates as to which one's better to go first. Personally, I'd rather have the sale, so I put that first. So you can put your newsletter URL. Now, when you write your newsletter link out, this is very important because this is the whole reason why I have just had to redo all of my back matter. What you want to do is make sure that the URL that you have for your newsletter is a page on your website. So it's you know, www.stephaniehomes.com slash newsletter. That is the kind of URL that you want. What you do not want to be doing is um, to say if you use MailerLite to run your newsletters, is to go to MailerLite, make a landing page, get the link for the landing page, which is something like, so like usmanage.com slash MailerLite slash stephaniehomes or something like that. You don't want to put that link in. And the reason for this is because you, it is 100% guaranteed, I will guarantee you 100% that at some point in the future, in your career, you are going to change your newsletter provider. And you are going to have all these books with this link to MailerLite in them, and you that means you are going to have to somehow take all those people that are signing up for MailerLite, and they will do it for years after you swap your service. Uh, all those people that are signing up for MailerLite, you're going to have to somehow get them onto your new newsletter provider. Now, if you instead point the link to your website, so stephaniehomes.com slash newsletter, all you have to do is change out the form on the page on your website if you change provider and you were set. You don't have to go back through every single old book on like five different platforms and make sure that the link points to your website and not to MailerLite. So that is why you do that. Also, going to have a little chatty chat about, I'm just going to go back up to the CTA for the next book. Um, if you use URL shorteners that direct users to their chosen stores, for example, Genius Links or Books to Read Links, now a lot of us use this, these, and it's a really good idea to use them.
Uh, they're very good because they're easy to remember, uh, which is why I use them, because it's really easy to go, oh, that's right, bookstoread.com slash earthandembers, that's the book. So they're easy to write out. Um, they, they also look more professional than like long strings of random, random numbers if you're just you know putting up the Amazon link, for example. Um, now, links can also point to a page on your website, um, but what happens is you are asking people to make an extra click. So you could go to stephaniehomes.com slash earthandembers, um, and that would work too, except that once they get to that page, they then have to click on like the Amazon um, logo in order to go to Amazon. So it's an extra click, and you, you lose around roughly around 30% of people on that extra click. So it, it's, it's a high number of people that you're losing. Now, the, one of the advantages of using these um, URL shortener links or links to your website is that if you, for example, change the URL of your book, like so for example you re-release the book, you then do not have to go back through all your back matter of all the other books and update the URLs because you can just change out that URL on the shortener or on your website and life is all good. Then um, the second advantage, obviously, of using URL shorteners like books to read, like Genius Links, is that they they provide some types of tracking information, um, and this can be really good because if you do a little bit of experimenting with your back matter, which is a thing that I've been doing for the last sort of three to four years, um, these links allow you to track this information and find out, you know, for example, how many people are clicking on the link, where they're coming from, etc. And you can use that information to say, well, this type of back matter works better than that type of back matter. So that's really cool. So you put in your newsletter link, Obviously, if there is a uh, bonus, you tell them about the bonus that they get if they sign up to your newsletter. Um, so, and then after that, they turn the page and you get the excerpt for the next book. I, you know, do excerpts I have found work better than blurbs, and blurbs work better than nothing about the next book. So, I would definitely do something like that. Then after that, um, what else can you do? Other back matter that you can include. It's kind of up to you. I love to do a note to the author. They are awesome. Readers love them. I love to give them little like extra tidbits about kind of the story behind the book. Um, I wouldn't bother like going back and adding author notes to previous series that don't have them, but I do write them fit for a new book. It's also a really good place to just nudge readers into giving a review, um, or to like talk up your newsletter, or to like give like another plug to another series. Like seriously, treat the author note like it is a little bit of a sales tool. Now, you could also include an about the author page with a bio and your like social links and newsletter links. I always do this too because I personally like to read them, so I put them in. Um, and you may also like to include a list of all of your books. Now the annoying thing about these lists is that obviously as soon as you publish a new book, all the previous lists and all your previous books are out of date. Now you have to either A, decide that you don't care, that is basically my system, B, you have to go through your backlist after each release, or like once a year or so, and update the list. And I basically, I kind of do this, in that every time I have to go and update the back matter of a book for some reason, so often I, if I'm going to run a sale on the book one in a series, I go and have a look at all the back matter in the previous books, the, you know, the next books in the series, and just say, see, you know, am I going to make the most money? off the series using this current back matter. So when I do that kind of thing, I will update that 
that list. Anytime I have to re-upload the file, um, I just go and up update that list because why the hell not? Um, and yeah, um, or the other thing is that you, um, what you can do is instead of writing a whole list, you could just add a link to your website page where you list all your books. And again, you will lose people in between um, going to the newsletter, but it's easier than up having the list that you have to update. So it's up to you what you prefer. Now in my list of all my books, um, I only put a link to book one in each series because to me this is just a list that the purpose of it is to say to readers, hey, I've got lots of books, you liked this series, you're probably going to like some of the other things I write. Um, so yeah, so I, I only link to book one or to the series box set if it has it. I don't do it to every book, um, I just think that's too many links and it's so overwhelming. Also on that list I do things like I, I say a little bit about the series, so I have like a little two to three sentence blurb. If it's a romance that has certain couples that are in other books, I put in brackets the couples, so that if they've read this book and they're like, oh I want to know like Cole and Belinda's story, then they can go through the list and they can go, oh I know, now I know where Cole and Belinda come in. So that's another really good thing to do. Now, so basically that's back matter. Now in the front of your book you have this wonderful thing called front matter, which is obviously the stuff at the front of the book. Now there's a little bit, it's a few things you can do here to help improve your sell through. Um, so the first thing is, you've got your copyright page right. Now, on the next page, include a brand new page which talks about signing up to your newsletter. Now what happens is, the reason we do this is that readers often finish a book and then because Amazon and the Kindle will open your book on chapter one, so it will skip all the front matter, often readers when they finish a book they actually go back to the contents page and they go, oh I just want to see if there's anything I've missed. And so having a separate page that says sign up to my newsletter, is, it becomes navigatable in the contents page. So it's that's a great place to do that. Obviously it has to be a separate page of the book. Uh, it can't be, um, for example, uh, just you know pulling a random thought. It can't be a paragraph at the bottom of the copyright page because who reads the copyright page, Steph? I mean, seriously. It's not like I've just had to go through all of my old books and update this because who would do that? I mean, really. Other things that you might like to include in the back matter, obviously things like forwards, um, notes to the reader. Um, again, be careful with this. I had a book series, Nevermore Bookshops. Um, I was trying to do something really clever and um, I was putting gaps for the names of cities and the names of certain people the way they used to do in Victorian literature. And I had this note at the beginning saying that, just telling readers that it's not a mistake, it's this, this thing of Victorian literature. and no one read the note and I got all these reviews and all these emails like just telling you, just letting you know that these people don't have names in the book and so be really careful about that. So you could put you could put a note to the reader, you could put a dedication, I like to put an epigraph of like an old poem or quote or something. Yeah, all these kind of things can go in the front matter. Also another good thing to put in the front matter is like a content warning or a trigger warning if your book is quite dark. So yeah, that is back matter and front matter, and there's just, um, hopefully there's 
a few things that you can do there that um, are going to improve your front matter and your back matter and make your books super clicky and improve your sell through and you'll have a very Merry Christmas and life will be good. That is all for me for this week and the podcast is probably going to take a little smidge of a break over the new year period but I'll be back in January with more info about marketing your books, promoting your books, self-publishing and having a blast as an indie author. That's all for me from now. Happy publishing!